0: Welcome to Stories Worth Telling. I'm Rana Dietrich. There are stories worth telling. Amazing and beautiful stories that deserve to be told. And here's why. If we would but hear them, remember them, resurrect them, we would find ourselves strangely stronger, braver, wiser, more tender, more and more ourselves. So that's what I do. I tell those stories, ones worth telling, ones that deserve to be told. Some of them you've probably heard before, maybe just not quite like this. Others you've probably never heard, and all of them will sound so profoundly familiar that you'll wonder if truly the story I'm telling is yours, or at least the one you believe deep, in your bones is the one you're meant to live. May it be so. We are only days away from the presidential election. As each day passes, my anxiety increases. Not in an out-of-control way, but definitely noticeable. I keep asking myself, how did we get here? How is this even possible? Surely this won't happen. And as only days remain, the possibility still looms. This has actually led me to thinking about one particular story in scripture, one story worth telling, and it's the one I want to offer you today. It's actually the story of two women who, in going about their day to day lives, their work in the world, were thrust into a political reality that went against their very souls. It wasn't because of anything they had done. Rather, a tyrannical ruler who was governed by fear and paranoia began creating laws. And to keep them, to obey what he had decreed, went against everything they believed in, everything they were about. Between the proverbial rock and a hard place, they had to decide what to do. I'm betting you can already guess, but before I go there, let me back up a bit and create some context. The second book in the Old Testament is called Exodus. It tells the story of the Israelite or Hebrew people and their escape from slavery, their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and their ultimate arrival in the Promised Land. The first book of the Old Testament, Genesis, is actually thought to have been written after Exodus, a way of explaining how in the world these people ended up enslaved in the first place. But back to Exodus and the first chapter, here's how it begins. Now a new king arose over Egypt. He said to his people, look, The Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase and, in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites." The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. So, not a great scene, right? These people taken into captivity and now in forced labor for the pharaoh or the king, who, despite the hardship he perpetuates, continues, they continue to multiply and thrive, which makes him crazier still, which makes their work harder still, and their oppression only worsens. Now, if this weren't all bad enough, here's what happens next. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives... One of them was named Shipra and the other Pua. When you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, she shall live. Yes, you guessed it. These are the women of whom I speak today. The story worth telling Shipra and Pua, the midwives. They are Egyptian women sent in to help birth the Hebrew women's children. They're already working cross-culturally, already stepping into the margins to offer help and support to those who were so harmed, so hassled, so weary and worn. Isn't that beautiful? I imagine them as good friends to one another, these two women. Squaring their shoulders and heading into the Hebrew camp despite the stares, the obvious disdain, determined to get to the women who needed their help, determined to bring forth life regardless of ethnic differences, class differences. At the end of the day, to these two women, they were committed to each other, to the women they served, to the value of life itself, no matter the race or status of the child. And now, shockingly, they are commanded to kill all the baby boys. How could they possibly do this? How could they bear to be part of something so vicious and cruel? How could they bear what this would do to the mothers, the fathers, the siblings, the community in which they served? I like to think that they sat up late, night after night together. That they talked of what was happening and what was required that they looked into each other's eyes and realized that they could not do what they'd been told, that this was a situation in which they would need to break the law in order to do what was right. I like to think that they made a pact with each other, that they agreed to stand by each other no matter what might come, that they would risk their own lives on behalf of those that deserved to live. Here's what the text tells us. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. Can you picture this scene? The two of them, midwives, way down on the totem pole of the king's staff and brought before him. Can you imagine how afraid they must have been? And can you, like me, imagine that they held each other's hand as they walked forward and kneeled, as they heard his thunderous voice, as they looked at each other trying to decide who would speak and who would utter their agreed upon response? So, so brave and so, so brilliant, right? They tell the king right there into his face that the Hebrew women give birth to the boys before they can get to them. They somehow escape the king's suspicion and save the Hebrew children all at the same time. I smile every time I think about this part of their story. I'm so proud of their composure, their bravery, even their wit and sense of humor in the midst of something so tragic and so scary. The truth is that their lives were at risk in that moment. It would have been nothing for the king to have them killed or at least imprisoned, and they would have known this. Still, side by side, they stood up to the power with which with whom they disagreed in the most stealth-like and clandestine of ways. They stood their ground, they stood for what was right, and they saved the lives of countless male-born infants. There's more to their story, more that I'll yet tell, but I want to stop here and talk about how I think this tale is more than relevant to us today. There are times in which we are called to stand up to the powers that be. There are times in which we can't not disavow what is happening in our world. There are times in which we cannot ignore the decisions of the powerful, in which we must stand up and say no, in which we must act in opposition, no matter the risk or cost. Sometimes this is a relatively simple but hugely significant thing, like voting. Other times it means protesting. But it also means speaking up at work when you see or experience something that is just not okay. It means saying no to the objectification of women in the media. It means saying no to our husbands or fathers or other men in our world. It means saying no to any choice that is removed from women through the misguided opinions of a self-appointed leader. It means saying yes the beauty and hope that women are destined to birth into this world and fighting to sustain such. It means working amidst the marginalized and outcast, those without a voice and without power, no matter the personal cost. And it also means standing up to your inner critic to no longer allowing yourself to be tyrannized by that despotic ruler within, to boldly go about birthing your voice, your passion, your belief, into a world that needs to hear and see you. There is yet another point to make within their story, even before I get to what follows, and that's this. These two women reveal what we already know but sometimes forget. There is power in women standing together. We need the partnership, companionship, and support that other women offer us in unique and distinct ways. We need to know that we stand before all that gets in our way, not alone, but accompanied by other women who believe in us and believe in that which matters most. More, we need to be these women on behalf of other women, our daughters, our sisters, our mothers, our friends, our colleagues, and total strangers, just as the midwives did for the Hebrew women. We need to recognize the significance of our role in the lives of other women and take it. Yes, yes. We long to be partnered with in this way, of course, but our first act always must be to be this for those who need us. Who are the women with whom you can stand? Who are the women who are desperately in need of someone to walk alongside them? Who are the women who are marginalized and outcast, who need the advocacy and support that you can give? What are the causes for women that you can support? Who is the candidate that you can vote for on behalf of women? Where are you called to stand up to the powers that be? Yes, for your own sake, but for all women. And reflect, even for a moment, on the women who have done this, who currently do this for you. Who comes to mind? Who do you see who constantly encourages you to bravery and strength? Who is it that tells you of what you're capable, even when, and maybe especially when, you doubt such? Who is it that has dried your tears and held your hand and walked with you into the hardest of places? Who is it that has fearlessly helped you birth what's most precious to you? Oh, the power of women, It is so much more vast than the powers that threaten to overwhelm, than the powers we fear. Do you see this? When I think about this for myself, I am completely undone by gratitude. Were it not for the women in my life, I would not be who I am today. It has been their belief in me, their confidence in me, their befriending me, their constancy, their determination on my behalf, especially when my own has waned, if not completely disappeared, that has kept me going and called me forth and strengthened me in ways I can never repay. This is the power of women. This is the power in the story of the midwives, and this is what they remind us of, recall us to, over and over again. We would do well to remember them, to tell their story, to follow their lead, to honor them as they deserve. And we would do well to believe that even now they stand alongside us, calling us to right acts, the courageous next step, the necessary and significant work we are here to do in our world. They are that close, that intimate, that real. I promise. Okay, on to the final section of their story. The text in Exodus, it concludes... So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, God gave them families. It is thought that during this period of time, the women who served as midwives were those who could not give birth to children of their own, that they, because they were not busy with their own families, were then free to assist others in the birthing of theirs. If this is true... Can you empathize with just how painful this must have been for them? What does it mean to be required to do the very work that reminds you over and over again of what you most long for but cannot have? And when we see this, when we sit with this reality, we can see even more just how powerful and profound were these two women Faced with their own pain, still they chose to alleviate the pain of others. I am so struck by this. So struck by them. And as their story is told, we are told that God honored them by giving them families of their own. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or not or whether you believe in a God who intervenes in history like this. When these stories were written, that was the God people believed in. What does matter is that you see an ending, so to speak, to their story that honored their sacrifice and courage. That they did, they did not do what they did in a vacuum without any reward or recompense. That their ends justified their means. Certainly for the Hebrew women and families, but also for On their own behalf. We hope that this is true for us, don't we? That the work we do, the risks we take, the choices we make will somehow work out to our own good. We have no guarantees and we have to proceed in faith no matter what, which is what the midwives did. They hardly defied a king because they knew that someday they would receive reward. They did what needed to be done, and in time, reward was theirs. But they could have never known such. This feels like grace to me like the best and most generous understanding of the divine that we could possibly hold, going about our lives, doing what is right, no matter how risky, and trusting that whatever comes of it will be sufficient. And then sometimes, surprisingly, experiencing miracles in the midst. Isn't this how it goes? We go about our lives hoping, yes, for the things we most desire the world we long for the equity and kindness deserved for others and ourselves we do what is right we take risks we bravely act not because of what we'll get in return but because it is the only choice we can make and in the midst of this surprising joy is ours miracles occur births happen that we couldn't we could have no more anticipated than been able to fly We look back with hindsight and see a bigger story, and maybe even the hand of the divine. It does not always go this way, of course. There have been many who have suffered on behalf of others with no benefit and no reward. But I like to believe that their stories, at least within their own conscious awareness, ended before they could see and experience for themselves the profound impact they made, which is, at least in part, why I am so committed to telling these women's stories, why I believe they are stories worth telling them, telling. Few of them knew reward or honor in their lifetime, and yet we are their daughters, their lineage, their kin. We are the recipients of their courage. We are the ones who bear their image and mirror their perseverance and strength. We are the bigger story that they could not possibly have seen. The midwives were responsible for enabling life to continue where death was fated. And life did continue. One baby boy born to a Hebrew woman was named Moses. He would later lead the Hebrew people out of slavery, and his survival and the incredible story of freedom that he was able to enable came about because the midwives saved him. There is more to Moses' story, to be sure, more women who encircled him that made his life possible, but at least for now, let's give the midwives credit. Let's honor them and let's recognize just how significant the role of women is in the perpetuation of huge and epic stories. There's one more aspect of the midwife's story that I want to speak to. It is not too much to say that these two women changed the tide of history and enabled the saving of an entire people. In the birth of Moses, their race, the Hebrew race, would be redeemed, and a story that is still told to this day continues. We don't often think of their origin or sustenance of the Hebrew people as directly linked to two Egyptian midwives, which is yet another reason why I tell of them. Women enabled this story to be told. Can you see just how profoundly different our history would be if this was how we told these stories all along? If women were named, seen, heard, and honored for the role they played instead of being silenced and shamed, even dismissed and ignored throughout time? And so, you see why it is so critically important that we recognize the significance of our own stories, especially in a time when just the opposite is happening, when stories of harm against women are being dismissed, when we have the opportunity to honor a woman in the most profound of ways possible. Women's stories matter, their lives matter, their voices matter, and they make all the difference. And in case you need yet another example, here it is. Many, many centuries later, two more women would be responsible for changing the entire tide of history and in many ways, more than I can go into here, enabled the saving of an entire people. Elizabeth and Mary, cousins, one who gave birth to John the Baptist, the other who gave birth to Jesus, two men who changed everything because of the two women who were brave, courageous, and amazing. Which is how it always goes when we tell that story. It's one worth telling, yes? So let's remember the midwives, shall we? Let's remember the profound strength they demonstrated and the story they enabled to be told in countless and infinite ways. Let's draw courage from them. Let's invite them to stand alongside us. Let's honor them, name them, call them forth. And in so doing, do the same for other women. Let's acknowledge that women, even one woman, let alone two, have the power to change the tide of history without even knowing they are doing such. You are one of them, and so am I. May it be so. Now, hear the midwife's voice as I imagine it on your behalf. You have labored much. You have risked much, you have birthed much, and in all of this, we have been with you. We sit on our stools, hold your hand, soothe your brow, listen to your cries, push you to more, and offer you strength. You need do none of this alone. We are here for the duration, for this is what midwives do. They stay, just like you. Your legacy will be known, your wisdom will be heard, and your courage will be spoken of as long as stories are still told. So much life, so much beauty, so much shining glory is yours. How could it not be? You are our daughter, our lineage, our kin. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another story worth telling.